Hey there, I'm Julie, and this is the Married to Addiction podcast. If you're here, then you're probably what I call my secret sister. We're in a situation we never asked to be in and fighting a battle we never wanted to fight. We're faith-filled women who are married to an alcoholic, and it affects every inch of our lives. If that sounds like you, then this is a safe place for you to land. Married to Addiction is a faith-based podcast where I help you find the tools and strength you need to navigate your husband's addiction without losing yourself in the process. So please subscribe and tune in as often as you can, because your husband's recovery is important, but so is yours. Hey there, before we get started today, I just wanted to make sure that you knew about the Secret Sister Circle. That is a membership that I created to basically take the exhausted wife of an alcoholic from just sitting around wishing things would change, praying things would change, hoping things would change, to actually knowing what to do to find some stability and peace and happiness again. So I started this back in July, I believe, and we have covered a lot of ground since then. So I just wanted to go over real quickly with you just some of the topics that we've covered in there so you can kind of get an idea of um, what we talk about and if these are some things that maybe you could actually use. So we talked about, we started out with talking about some common pitfalls that wives of alcoholics fall into and how to overcome those. We talked about the all important taking thoughts captive and we really dove deep into exactly how to do that and how it can really just improve everything in your situation. We've talked about codependency, understanding alcoholism, uh, boundaries, effective communication with an addicted spouse. Um, We have also covered a lot of spiritual ground, like how to really embrace and uh, implement a meaningful quiet time with the Lord into your life, how to deepen your relationship with God. We did a study on that. We did a study on trusting in God. We did a study on how to hear from God. Um, we talked, we've talked about self-care for wives of alcoholics and what that looks like and exactly how to implement that. Uh, we've done a self-worth study, just so, just covered so many great things in there. And all of the material is presented to you in a way that is easy to consume, but also it gives you a lot of assistance in actually knowing how to implement this stuff into your life. Because I'm sure you've heard me say before, knowing is one thing, but doing is everything. So that is the Secret Sisters membership in a nutshell. I would absolutely love to have you join me there. It is super powerful um, and just there's some great life-changing stuff going on in there. You can find out more about it by going to my website, marriedtoaddiction.com, and just clicking on the tab that says uh, membership. I believe it's under the Get Help tab or drop down rather, and you'll see it there, Secret Sisters membership. So please go check it out. I would absolutely love to have you there with us. Hello, and welcome to episode 39 of the Married to Addiction podcast. Today's podcast episode is something that I get asked about a whole lot, and that is, what about my kids? So we're going to get to that in just one second. But before we do, I wanted to just make sure that you know about, uh, maybe you haven't heard me mention this yet, or I wanted to remind you if you had, that this month is Alcohol Awareness Month. The month of April is Alcohol Awareness Month. And Because of that, I wanted to do something special for you, the wife of an alcoholic. So what I've decided to do is to, for the month of April, do a promotion for those of you who join my Secret Sister Circle. So that is my membership specifically for Wives of Alcoholics. And what I'm doing is I am 
offering you if you are a member if you join and you are a member of the secret sister circle for at least two months i'm giving you my married to addiction 30-day online program absolutely free at the end of the second month so that obviously is a great deal that basically gives you two layers of support encouragement direction clarity etc and uh, the program itself is a 97 dollars value so again if you join the secret sister circle during the month of april and you remain a member for two months, at the end of that second month, you will receive the program absolutely free. So I would love for you to take me up on that. It is such a great membership. I feel, I know that the women in the group and the community just are always talking about how much it's helping them. So I would absolutely love to have you join us. To find it, all you have to do is go to my website, marriedtoaddiction.com and go to the Get Help tab. And then you'll see a drop down there that says Secret Sister Circle. So please don't miss out on that. So I did want to talk about the kids because as mamas, obviously, we have a lot of concerns, <clears throat> excuse me, where our children are concerned because they are growing up in a house with an addicted parent. So I think that this is an important thing to talk about, most definitely. But before I do, I did want to mention I'm not a counselor, I'm not a therapist, I'm not a child psychologist. My goal with this episode is just to tell you some things that I wish that I had done differently when my husband was deep in addiction. And then also I want to give you some great resources that can help you further with this. So every situation is different. Every home is different. So you're going to kind of have to determine what is needed in your own specific situation. So I'm just going to give you kind of some broad things that, like I said, I wish that I had done differently when we were going through this. None of this is to make you feel bad, to make you feel guilty. Um, we pretty much all get this wrong at first or all get it wrong sometimes. It's hard. It's a very, very difficult situation. So what I want to do is just give you some, you know, food for thought because once we know better, we can do better, right? So let's start with some things that you can do differently and, and some things that I wish that I had done differently. Um, not all of these. Some of these I felt like we did a pretty good job of, but others not so much. So first and foremost, safety should be the number one priority always, always, always. The safety of your children comes first, period, end of story. So if they're in an unsafe situation, they need to get to a safe place, first and foremost. Secondly, there are some things that you can do, and there are some things that, that I did. I didn't do it all the time, but I did it sometimes. Um, to basically reduce your children's exposure to your husband's state uh, when he is under the influence, drunken behaviors, things like that. So in my situation, what I started to do towards the end, and again, I was not good at these things <laughs> all the time by any stretch, but what I started doing is when my husband was clearly inebriated, um, I would either ask him to come upstairs, which sometimes he would just come upstairs and go to sleep, or my son and I would come upstairs to play a game or something like that and just kind of be away from where he was. Sometimes we would go out to eat, just me and him. Um, sometimes, you know, we would go hang out somewhere else, go to the park, go do whatever. But the goal was just to try to get him away from seeing the, like I said, the drunken behavior. So that's something that you can definitely do to reduce their exposure. So you can have boundaries about that. You can say, you know, when my husband is home and he has been drinking, I will take my child elsewhere uh, so that he's not, she, he or she is not exposed to that. 
Another thing that you can do is to, or that you should do, absolutely, and this kind of falls under safety. So we need to make sure that we are 100% doing this consistently, consistency rather, consistently. I was right the first time and then I corrected myself and said the wrong thing. Anyway, I took some Benadryl earlier, so I'm a little bit loopy. I apologize. Um, But we also need to have boundaries to protect our children physically. So for example, if your husband is set to pick up your kids and you feel like there is a possibility that he either has been drinking or there's a good possibility that he will be drinking by the time he goes to pick them up, you need to make other arrangements for them, period, end of story. Um, I also advise that if they are to be left alone with someone, so say you have to go to a meeting in the evening or whatever the case, if they need to be left alone with someone and your husband is there and there is a good possibility that he either has been drinking or will be drinking, that you make other arrangements for the children. Um, You take them to a babysitter's, you take them to a family member, you take them to a friend's house, you, you know, maybe Ask if they can go hang out at their friend's house, you know, call the mom if you're close with her and say, hey, can they come over and play for a little while? I have to go do this meeting and or I have to go to this meeting and I don't really know, like I don't really have anywhere for them to be, stuff like that. So the the goal is to have those boundaries that protect them physically. So we obviously don't want them in a vehicle with an inebriated person and we don't want them in a situation where they're home with an inebriated person, where if there was an emergency or something needed attention, that person would not be able to give them the care that they needed in that situation. This one, next one, I did not do a good job of at all. And I have a lot of regret around that. I try not to live in that regret. I try not to think about it a whole lot because that's not where God wants us to live, but it's really hard because I did not do a good job of this. And that is not participating in the chaos of the home. Part of the responsibility of what my son went through and what he was exposed to falls on me because I was in the mindset that when I came home and my husband was drunk, I needed to tell him about himself. Um, We needed to talk about that right then and there. And it was not a calm talk, it was an argument. And a lot of times they were very loud and very ugly. And my son was here in the home for that. And I wish that he had not been. So what I wish I had done is learned some of the things that I ended up learning a lot earlier and realizing that, A, there's really no point in starting an argument right then because it's going to get you nowhere but make things worse. It's going to do nothing but make things worse, period. And B, I just wish that I had really understood that I had more of a part in it and that I did have more uh, control over the situation. I was just in reactive mode back then, and I was just not thinking clearly, to be quite honest. So we do, as moms, have the responsibility to not participate in that chaos. I started fights I didn't need to start. There was yelling that happened because I was the one who who was confrontational because of what was going on in, in my home. So that is something that we can definitely do to shield our kids from seeing that uh, conflict and that ugliness. The next thing is, and this one is really important, <clears throat> excuse me, don't make it, it's us against him. This is hard again, when you are right in the heat of the moment, because there's a lot of anger. And trust me, I know. I know how mad you get. 
I know how betrayed you feel. I know all of that. I lived it. But don't talk bad about their dad. Don't make him the enemy. Making him the enemy, just like when kids are, you know, when when kids are going through divorce in a household, eventually, a lot of times, what ends up happening is that child ends up resenting you at the end of it because of the the things that you said about your husband. And so this can actually play out the same exact way. We don't want to make the father the enemy. He's still their father. He will remain their father. So we don't want to make it, it's us against dad. That's the absolute wrong thing to do. So we want to make sure that our kids understand that their daddy has a disease. And if this is a new concept for you, I want you to write this down right away. I want you to look up a video on YouTube and it's called, Is Addiction Really a Disease? It's with Dr. Kevin McCauley, M-C-C-A-U-L-E-Y. I'll link to it in the show notes. But I want you to watch that because the fact of the matter is their dad does have a disease and they need to understand what their dad is going through and that it's not just a choice that dad is being mean to us. That is absolutely the wrong thing to say. So this is something too that I did wrong. I remember taking videos of my husband, how he was, you know, drunk and whatever. And just, I just went about all of this just so wrong. I took videos around of him when he was around my son and, you know, he was just being silly but to me, I knew that he was drunk and it was just it's just the whole thing. I just did so many things wrong. But the bottom line is we don't want to make it us against him. That's not fair and it's not Christ-like. So that's a big one to keep in mind. Lastly, you want to make sure that you are educating your children about alcohol. This starts with educating yourself. Like I said, look up that video um, we talk about this in the Secret Sister Circle. So if you, if this is a new concept to you and this is something that you struggle with, it is so important. Everything changed for me when I went to Family Week when my husband was in recovery, when he was in treatment. When I went there and I heard doctors and psychiatrists and counselors and therapists all standing in front of us and telling us what the real deal is with addiction and what my husband was really going through, it changed everything for me. So again, if this is a new concept for you, please educate yourself. If you don't want to do, you know, have to search this stuff out on your own, join the Secret Sister Circle. Get this information. It is vital. It's vital for you. And it's also vital to help your kids understand what's happening. Now, of course, you want to make sure that you are taking their age into consideration. You know, some information is not appropriate for a three to five-year-old, for example, but you can find some outlines online about how to talk to children about addiction based on their age. So you want to make sure it's age appropriate. But we want to make sure that they they understand that their daddy is sick. You know, he's not the enemy. He doesn't hate us. He's not a bad guy. Like all of those things just can really be damaging when when that's what the children are presented with. So I just really strongly encourage you to stay away from that kind of talk. So those are some things that I wish that I had done differently. Now I want to give you some resources. So I didn't know that any of these things that I'm about to talk about were available when my husband was deep in addiction. And boy, did I, or do I wish that I had, because this stuff can just really change the experience for your kids. So the first thing I want you to look up 
is there is actually a National Association for Children of Alcoholics that is the NACOA. Their website is nacoa.org. You can go to that website and you can search for Kit for Parents. You can download that kit and it will give you a lot of recommendations on what to do for a child that is in a home with active addiction. And I actually... These are so important that I really want to read some of these to you right now. I do highly encourage you to go download this kit for yourself to have it so that you can read these things more than or you can go back to these things more than once. But I want to read some of them to you. Just a few here. There are several, but I want to read a few to you because it's like I said, you don't know what you don't know. And when you're in the heat of it, it feels so heavy and you feel like you do have to react and you're just in a panic stricken state. And so a lot of us do this wrong, but there are ways to do it differently for the sake of our kids. So the first one here, and again, this is from the NACOA.org website. This is from their parent kit. Avoid pressuring your children to take sides and fights or conflicts you have with your spouse. This causes more problems for them. Their childhood shouldn't be taken up with your conflicts. Give them back their childhood. That goes right back to what I just said about how we were fighting in front of my son. And I started it. Sometimes I started it. Not always, but I can take my fair share of that responsibility because that was something that I should have done different. Uh, The second one says, avoid using the opinions of your children. Do not get them in the middle of your arguments by using their opinion in order to get back at the alcoholic. Using your children against your spouse might cause your child not to share feelings with you in the future. It also places your child in a bad position. They love both of you. So instead, use your own opinion. The next one says, when the home situation is excessively disruptive and your children go off to be alone, seek them out and comfort them. During family drinking episodes, many children hide. They hide because they're upset, afraid, and lonely. So find them, talk to them, comfort them. Try to avoid letting your children go to sleep under these upsetting conditions. If this occurs, talk with them at the first opportunity. The next one is avoid placing an older child in the position of being a confidant or substitute parent to replace your spouse as parent. What kind of childhood can children have if you talk to them like they're your replacement spouse? How much of a childhood can children have if they have to parent the other kids in the family a lot of of the time? No matter how mature older children might be, the reality is that they really aren't parents and they really aren't replacements for a drinking parent. So give them back their childhood. The next one says, encourage and support your children to become involved in school and community activities. Your children need outlets and chances to develop needed relationships with safe people and activities outside of your home. Outside activities can help them accomplish many things on their own and support their independence and sense of value and worth. Um, Just a couple more here that I want to go through. Try to arrange for your children to have their friends visit. This is their home. Help them feel at home. Some alcoholics drink in patterns and provide some opportunities for normal family conditions. However, if your child has friends over and the alcoholic spouse is drinking, do not further embarrass your child or his or her friends by confronting the alcoholic when they are present. And the last one, there's more here, but the last one I'll read to you says, educate yourself about alcoholism and community resources. Much family frustration in alcoholic families arises from fear. You can prepare yourself for survival in an alcoholic family with knowledge and information. Goes back to what I just said about learn what you can and share 
age-appropriate information with your kids. It's so vital. So outside of that, I wanted to give you a couple more resources that um, some of these I just recently found out about. One of them I found out about at the retreat that I just went to a couple of weeks ago. That one is, let me read this one to you first. For anyone who is in or near Oklahoma, there is an in-person program for children of alcoholics and addicts. It is called Peaceful Family. Peaceful Family Oklahoma is the in-person program, and their <clears throat> excuse me, their website is peacefulfamilyok.org. And this is a, I believe it's a three-day program that they go to for a couple hours a day. Um, the parents are involved, I believe, more towards the end. But we saw a really short presentation on what all this program entails, and it is beautiful and supportive and just the way that they go about talking to these kids and helping them understand and release their feelings is just awesome. So again, if you are in or near Oklahoma, that is a great resource for you. However, if you are not, there is a children's program that is actually run by Hazelden Betty Ford. So if you go to Hazelden, that's H-A-Z-E-L, D as in dog, E-N as in Nancy, bettyford.org backslash children's dash program. You will see their children program, children's program information. And if you scroll down about halfway down the page, you will see the information for their virtual children's program. So obviously that means that you can enroll your children regardless of where you are. So that is a great opportunity for you to get them some support as well. They need support through this. It's hard. Yes, we can try to do what we can do to mitigate their exposure, but kids are smarter than we think they are. They know what's going on, and they've got their own feelings that they need to work through. So resources like this can just be so, so important and valuable. Outside of programs that are specifically for kids who are in a home with an addicted parent, there are also a couple of things that I think would be really great to to do with your kids or to research for your kids. One of them is called Little Shoots, Deep Roots. And this is someone that I just found online. I believe I initially found her on Instagram. And she provides Christian support for kids. She has books, she has um, worksheets and different little programs and stuff that you can go through with your kids. And it's all geared towards their age And it's just really, I really like the way that she does things. And she has a lot of different things to choose from. So that would be another thing. That's basically Christian support for children, little shoots, deep roots. And I will link to these things in the show notes. I just want to make sure that I'm giving them to you here as well. And then lastly, um, you know, counseling, counseling or therapy for your kids was just never a bad idea when they're going through something heavy like this. So if you think that that is warranted in your situation, then please, please look into that as well. So again, none of this is to make you feel bad about the way that you're doing things, the way that you've been doing things. I just want to make sure that you know that there are resources out there to help you and just give you a few suggestions based on my own personal experience of, like I said, things that I wish that I had done differently. So I hope that that has been helpful for you. I know it's tough when we, you know, we worry about our kiddos just in general. And especially when we're in a situation like this, we really get even more concerned about them. So I hope you find these resources helpful. So as always, thank you so much for listening. And I will see you next time. 
quick question for you before I let you go today. Have you been to the Married to Addiction website? If you haven't, I would love if you would go pay it a visit. It's just marriedtoaddiction.com. And over there, you can see um, just a lot of different information about my podcast. There is a blog on there. There's some free resources for you. And there's also a few ways that you can actually get some help if you need a little more help and direction and support as you travel this difficult path with your addicted husband. So if you haven't yet, please go visit marriedtoaddiction.com. Thanks so much.